Welcome to the Israel Conversation by Massah Leadership and Impact Center, the content engine behind Massah Israel Journey. We bring contemporary, challenging, and compelling Israel issues to light in ways that help us stay connected with what's really going on on the ground. I am your host, Liel Zahaviasa, here with my co-hosts, Michael Unterberg, Sharon Wagner-Zauda, and producer of the Israel Conversation podcast, Matthew Lippman. Hi, everybody. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> How are you doing? This is fun. Meh. It's not a <laughs> well, lock it's nice flume. to see all your faces. Yeah. Um, we're here today because all of us read um, uh, an article that's been uh, kind of going around the web, and and honestly, it's a it's a topic that's been that's been on a lot of people's minds, at least specifically in America and in Hollywood. Um, this idea of Jew face, right? Where um, actors are being hired um, who are not Jewish to play Jews or any other ethnicity or minority. And there's a conversation right now around whether that is okay or not okay. So um, we read uh, an article from the Times of Israel that brought up this issue specifically around the movie about Golda Meir that's coming out soon. uh, And Helen Mirren was cast as playing Golda. Um, And so there's a question. I'll just read a short quote from the article. It says, many are pointing out that while casting directors are becoming more and more careful not to miscast minority roles relating not to just race, race, but disability, sexual orientation and more, Jewish characters are still regularly, if not predominantly, played by non-Jews. So we have come here to discuss this uh, this interesting topic and uh, kind of talk about whether or not how we feel about it. Is it is it okay? Is it not okay? Um, As Jewish people who like movies and like TV. Um, what uh, what are our thoughts around around this issue or even if it is an issue at all? So um, it's been something that first actually hit in the UK uh, because the, the actors that are involved, which was uh, Helen Mirren, and then an article um, and a counter article put out by Maureen Lippmann. Uh, both of who are dames of the British Empire, so quite established within the British society or recognised um, as uh, actors in the Jewish in the, in the wider British society. And Maureen Lippmann was saying that you 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 wouldn't do this anywhere else, right? You wouldn't you wouldn't ask a, you know an actor who was not part of the African community or African American community to play Nelson Mandela, right? And this idea of whether Jews count. Um, and whether Jews count as a race, is there something to be sensitive about? Um, is, it, is, it, is it an issue? And there was a backlash by other prominent Jews within the media. Some people, Esther Ransom, who is, uh, again, recognized in the British Jewish community. Um, and saying, don't be ridiculous. Like, you know, what are you saying? Like, you know, I can't pay a Christian person. And this is the whole conversation that comes around about well, who are Jews and do they count? Yeah, it's an interesting conversation, this, because when, when I first saw, saw the article that, that Liel is referring to, I, I found it an interesting sort of conversation that the conversation was even taking place um, and how this framing of exactly Sharon says, like, well, who are these Jews? Right? And, and this is like one of Mike's pet topics of the Jewish question and, and how you handle that. Um, and I mentioned to, to my wife last night that we were having this conversation this morning and she's like, well, what's the issue? And I said, well, I think maybe it's not quite as simple as that. And she said, well, what are you talking about? Why, why can't she play? Why can't Helen Mirren play someone who's Jewish? 
and said, well, if I decided I wanted to play Martin Luther King in his movie, I'm not going to get cast in that role. And she said, well, if you were good enough to act the role, then maybe you should be. I said, right, but I would have to blackface to do that. And mm-hmm. she said, well, that's not okay. And so that, that's sort of the question. Is there such a thing as due facing? I, I don't know. Um, but it's, it's sort of when you put it in those terms of, well, I'm not going to play Martin Luther King, then you understand why people have a problem with it. But are people having a problem with something that's not really there? That's sort of like the question, I guess. Well, it's interesting that both of you used the term interesting when you talked about how interesting the story was. I was the one <laughs> person in the discussion group on WhatsApp who said, yeah, I was one group who said, I, I don't find this interesting at all. I find it a little I bit like whatever. I, I, look, first of all, I, I find it troubling and this is part of the as a guy who grew up with actual newspapers uh, i'm used to the fact that you have like the world events and political stories in the first section of the paper and then there's an entertainment section which by definition being set physically apart was clearly meant to be you know oh we're selling papers but we're not telling you this is the stuff you need to know as a citizen uh, so i think there's something weird in in the in the online news I still say newspaper. I don't even know what you call it. An online news entity is that everything just sort of scrolls into one thing. And I'm I'm more than happy on this podcast to discuss cultural issues. It doesn't all have to be, you know, politics and security. But I I, I really, look, why did this become a thing in Hollywood? Because for the first almost century of American movie making and, and, and other countries as well, Cats of minorities, act roles that were meant to be minorities were played by white people. Meanwhile, sitting on the sidelines are Asian actors, black actors, Hispanic actors who aren't getting the job. So without even getting into the racism of, uh, oh, I don't know, of the Native American portrayal in Disney's Peter Pan or... Without even getting into that, just the fact, even if it was a sensitive, fair portrayal of, let's say, uh, uh, I, I think Maria in the 1960 West Side Story is played very well by Natalie Wood. But there probably was a Latinx actress who also could have used that job, and they weren't getting those jobs you know, to the extent that, you know, uh, Paul Muni in uh, The Good Earth, and they would do makeup where they would literally distort the shape of his eyes to cast him. And when I'm sure there were Asian American actors who could have played the role just as well. And so there was a correction over the last several decades of if we have a role and there's a person of that ethnicity, I don't want to put a white person in makeup, which is your Martin Luther King analogy. It's much more, it makes much more sense to give that role to a person who's black, who, and, and, and has to somewhat resemble, not, entirely but there is when you cast a biopic then there is a need to in other words you wouldn't cast an 18 year old uh will smith to play martin luther king giving the speech uh uh, on the footsteps of the lincoln memorial you need people who look like and so let's let's that that was the whole reckoning that took place and to me that makes a lot of sense you know, you listen to interviews with actors now who are getting these roles and they, you know, these older actors saying, boy, you know, you know, I, I, I always ended up playing, you know, the Japanese bad guy in World War II war movies. And now I get actual roles playing actual people. OK, that makes sense to me. 
But then it becomes this discussion about authenticity and acting and how can you play a role of a, now you've lost me. You've lost me. I mean, that's what acting is. That's what I, Helen Mirren has played the queen. Helen Mirren, I, she, I think she's a dame. Is she a dame? I don't know. <laughs> she's not a queen. She is, but a, a, but, a but, dame uh, is appointed, right, rather than her. her uh, she's not a queen. Hereditary. She's never been a queen. She will never be a queen. She's an actress. And so, and, right. So this is a, this is exactly the argument yeah. that was put forward by the Spectator in Britain in by Brendan O'Neill who says that he's very nervous about even writing this article. He wrote it um, on the 5th of January. And he says, you know, how can I even write this article about Jewface? And it's like, I can't even write this article because I'm not Jewish. So can I even write this article? And he takes it to that nth degree. Like, can you, if you are a, you know, not a Christian, play someone who's not a Christian? And can you do this and can you do that? And it literally goes down to minutiae. But if you speak to people like David Baddiel, who wrote then, uh, which is what Sarah Silverman quotes when she talks about this whole thing, he says that you're missing the point there. You're missing the point. The point isn't about can actors act. If the question is about sensitivity in the roles. If you were doing a period drama about the Middle Ages, and you didn't get a single person who knew anything about the Middle Ages, then you wouldn't be doing a proper um, portrayal. And you wouldn't be doing something that's trying to represent an authentic time and place. What's also going on is it's taken further from this conversation, which is, can you play? Is that it's widened out to um, lots uh, to a particular. Actually, they kept talking about a particular show that was on the West End, which was had a Jewish nature. Was written by two Jews that had one of the scores was uh, one of the scenes was titled Two Jews Arguing in a Room." And then not only did they have no Jewish actors, no Jewish directors, but no Jewish um, advisors. And whether or not this is an authentic, sensitive understanding. Are they actually portraying the material properly? Not can these actors act as Jews? You can act, act as whoever you want. Absolutely. But are they being sensitive to the material? Are they being understanding? And that is part of Maureen Lippmann's argument about can you possibly do this? And that is part of a bigger discussion about, which I think is about, are people, you know, the same way as that sensitivity came along, that you don't have people yellow face or black face, that it wasn't. When I was growing up in England, we used to have the black and white minstrel show on the television as part of the entertainment. And that was just normal, whatever normal meant. That was part of mainstream and people wouldn't dream about that. The question is, are Jews part of this conversation? It comes part of a bigger conversation that people feel as, they that Jews because we can pass and because other people can pass for us right that yeah I don't think any of these sensitivities matter at all I think I, I think I, I don't understand that even the word sensitivity who's being offended if that West End production about a Jewish thing that didn't consult a single Jew never met a Jew nobody in that room has ever bumped into a Jew and knows nothing about Jews and they do an entire play with an entire cast it has never it's probably a bad play okay so then your place. No, sucks. but I think like, I think there's a fear that lies behind it. Yeah. I think there's a fear that lies behind it, which is also I think the fear of 
um, like you were saying, any other minorities, not just Jewish minorities, but this, this idea of, well, you're misrepresenting us. Um, because you don't really authentically know us, of and therefore, and you and you have this platform that million, potentially millions of people are going to see, and so now we've been rep- misrepresented in front of millions of people. Right, that's exactly what going to entertainment always is. I can assure you, every entertainment you ever see is a misrepresentation of reality because it's fiction. And if you and if you trust your fiction entertainment to inform and educate you, that's on you. If you go to a play and say, "Wow," You know, oh, I just watched The Wire. I really understand now what it is to be an African-American in Baltimore. Okay. Okay. So what do you want me to tell you? Like, if that's where you learn about the world. I'm not saying there isn't human. Oh, I just saw Shakespeare's Julius Caesar. I have such insight into the Roman Empire now. What you okay, doing? well, wait, I, I have, wait, I have a, a pushback, though, because on Netflix, there's a lot of documentaries, yeah. and there's a documentary that just came out this past summer called yeah. My Unorthodox Life, yeah. and it is it follows the family, I don't know if any of you I don't it. think it that's a documentary, Orthodox... I think that's reality TV. Okay, <laughs> I mean, um, no, in the sense, documentary in the sense, sorry, you're right, it is a reality TV, but yeah. in the sense that they're real people, and they're not yeah. actors acting. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, documenting And if you watch that show and say, oh, now I understand Orthodox Judaism. So millions of that's people on you. did that. Exactly okay. that. I can't, I can't help the fact that mo- millions of people are stupid. And it's not my job. So the fact is, the question that comes up is, are no. the media or no. should the media be held responsible By who? for the portrayals that they do? Well, they are being held responsible because we're not having black face and yellow face anymore. So the question comes up, is our Jews as important, as irrelevant, or is this not part of that? Are we not part of that conversation? Because it's coming Now you can't hire uh, a white person to play a black person or a Latinx person or an Asian person. There are plenty of movies, TV shows, plays podcasts that are telling incredibly stupid, uninformative, misrepresenting stories about black people, Asian people, Latinx people. It's still entertainment. It's still dumb. The burden is not on an entertainer to educate you. There are sometimes these, you know, dramas that that do try. There are many uh, entertainers who say, you know, I don't want to just make you uh, entertained. I want you to really think about things. Okay. But they're still not educators and they're still not exactly educating for the same reason that literature if i read uh uh i don't know if i read jane austen i I don't i don't have a a, a great knowledge about 19 i have i have some idea of the 19th century british manners but i don't really know about that culture it's an insight it's a window and i and i shouldn't take it as more than that and i don't think the burden on jane austen was to be an ethnographer to make sure that everything in her story was Charles Dickens' picture of Victorian London. I can't imagine is an exactly accurate picture of everything about Victorian London. I, it's I, entertainment. I, 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 abso- I absolutely get what you're saying. I think, but you and Sharon, it sounds like you're having slightly different conversations, sir. Because you're saying it's not the responsibility of the producer or the director right. ever to educate, right. and Sharon's not saying that it is either. I think what Sharon is trying to say is, and Sharon, please correct me if I'm wrong, is that if other people are being treated one way, right, whether that's educationally accurately or whatever it is, or being portrayed in the same way I cannot be Martin Luther King, should the conversation be happening that it has to be a Jew to play Golda Meir? Now, no, it's not I had whether that she conversation. can or cannot. It's yeah. the conversation is, should that conversation be happening, right? It's not what the outcome is, it's whether we should be having that conversation. No, I and, think that's what I'm saying. I'm saying to that, that, believe not. 
I, I, I believe not because, and here's the thing, Matt. It is. It, it does seem like a shame that so many Asian and and you know people of color uh, actors didn't get jobs. I think Jews have done okay in Hollywood. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying we control it. I'm not. I don't believe the anti-Semitic. <laughs> we just control uh, the media, don't we? I thought that was yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We control the world and the banks. No, but but putting the jokes about anti-Semitism aside, Jewish actors have been playing. I mean, have been playing these roles forever. And they've been playing non-Jews and they've been playing, Jews are okay. Jews are doing okay. So to me, the actual practical problem has been addressed. And so now we're in this woke world. Now, why are Jews treated differently in the woke world than other minorities? That's because of the Jewish question. People generally don't understand what Jews are. So, so in that sense, here's another weird spoke of it. But when we as Jews talk about these are the problem, I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, to me, it just seems... Oh, there was another... I was reading quite a lot around this, and one of the things that came up was that um, Nathan Abrams, who works as a lecturer in Bangor University, who actually does a lot of work about um, about Jews in the media, especially his specialised object, which is uh, Stanley Kubrick. But there's um, he's also been part of this discussion about where does this fit? He doesn't come up with an answer, but he's been part of that discussion. And while that was going on, people were, you know, raising their anecdotal stories about actors and actresses who are not getting roles because they don't look right, because they do look too Jewish, that they can't play the role that they're meaning to play because they don't fit that role properly. And the same way that, you know, we couldn't imagine a superhero who is of a different ethnic minority or an ethnic background. This idea that out of all the places that they should be getting roles are the roles that they're not getting and they're being discriminated in the other ways. So maybe it's just a, it's not meant to challenge the fact that Jews have not done well in Hollywood. It's meant to challenge the fact that maybe that story of however many people are getting roles, how about those ones who aren't because of their Jewishness? And the other thing is, just because we can pass, does that mean that we should? There's another films that's just come out about two sisters um, of African-American descent and who one sister can pass as white, and it's during the time where there's segregation and illegal uh, to have uh, black and white together in uh, America, how one can pass and one doesn't, and this whole issue about passing, it, it becomes part of a that, that kind of larger conversation. Because people, when they look at me, don't necessarily think that I'm Jewish. Does that mean that I don't suffer from those same discriminations that come up um, in that same way. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that just discussion. in terms of what people look like, <laughs> right? In so. terms of you guys keep in, saying in it's interesting, people... like you're going to convince someone. Okay, it is. It is right. interesting. <laughs> oh, so okay. say I find it interesting. Well, yeah. We find it interesting. I find it interesting. I find it. I, way, Mike I find finds it distorting. It, Mike doesn't find it interesting. Okay. In a way that <laughs> unhealthy piques my interest. How's yeah. that? Um, I would say that. The, the conversation that happened, I think it was last year, about Gal Gadot, the Israeli actress, about whether she was suitable to play the role of Cleopatra. And all these people like slamming, how can you let a Jew or an Israeli, how can you let an Israeli act as an Egyptian? That's completely cultural appropriation and da da da, without really understanding sort of that Gal Gadot was much more likely to have looked like Cleopatra than 
half of the other actresses that were being touted for the role. Well, Elizabeth was, Taylor was the, I think, the last right? So, it, so that is um, one side of it. The other side, which I'd like to sort of bring us to the, specifically back to the Golden Meir thing, is Maureen Lippman, by the way, no relation to me. As a kid, everybody thought we were related, but we're not, uh, as far as I know. Um, but Maureen Lippman, who is this famous Jewish actress that had this problem, um, now, I don't know if there was any jealousy involved that she wasn't asked to play the role of Golda Meir. I don't know. But it's American actress Tova Felcha did a whole global tour playing Golda. She's like, that was her. Ingrid Bergman played her in the 80s uh, TV miniseries. Not a Jew. Yes, she did. I won't use the I word, but I find it um, curious that Maureen Lipman was um, advocating that it should be a Jew playing this, but she never said an Israeli. So that sort of becomes now this question of Jew well, but, face versus But Golda Israeli was American. Face. She was born in America, okay. so maybe it should be Maureen, an American. Maureen Lippmann, sure. So Maureen Lippmann is as British as, I don't know, scones and, and clotted cream, whatever. So she really <laughs> doesn't have any claim to that at all. Um, unless you say that Golda Meir's primary sort of fame identity was a Jew, but surely it was as an Israeli. You're bringing up that she was an American. Oh, no lie. Okay, so maybe only an Ola can play the role of Golda Meir. I don't know. Like, but this is where you're getting into the ridiculousness this? of it. Yeah. Right. Then we go back to the expectation. By the way, interview. one of Stanley Kubrick's greatest, one second, one of the greatest films, you brought up Stanley Kubrick. One of his greatest films, considered by film historians, one of his greatest, was Paths of Glory. The story, right. a, a, a fantastic film. Uh, World War I, uh, the trial of a few soldiers for desertion because they, they wouldn't leave the trench. Uh Kirk Douglas was the star of that movie, played the French Christian officer who defended them. A Jew. Now, I don't understand how Kirk Douglas could have had that role. As a Jew, what, he doesn't understand what it is to be a World War I French soldier. Nobody would complain if a Jewish actor got that role today. But we're talking about a different time in Hollywood. We're talking about the same time that we have people white faces and Jews. So the thing is that... I can say that. Well, I'm yeah, and nobody, nobody normal who anyone cares about would complain about, uh, I mean, they would complain if it was Seth Rogen, I guess, or Jerry Seinfeld. Not any Jewish actor, but a Jewish actor <laughs> who could pull it off. I don't know who's the big, I can't think of one today who could, a Jewish actor who could, uh, could pull it off. But if Dustin Hoffman got a serious role in a drama like that, okay, so he has some uh, Me Too issues. But putting aside his Me Too issues, I don't think anybody would be upset if Dustin Hoffman was cast as a, as a French World War I <laughs> defense attorney. So why do you think they're upset that Gal Gadot was, was cast? Because they're anti-Zionists, because they're anti-Semites. And every time we have these conversations, we elevate this silly, woke distortion of reality. And then we say, well, how come the rules don't apply to Jews? I don't know. They're dumb rules. I, I, it's, I, I think sometimes it's important to say the emperor has no clothes. This whole, this whole thing. We, we, yeah, but because, because what really happened was what I said earlier, that it went from solving an actual problem, which we did, to now turning that solution into a new problem. We solved a problem that, that minority actors weren't getting roles. Solved. Well, now, but maybe, maybe we can find new ways to make that a problem and say that Jews shouldn't. Oh, and, and now uh, maybe, this, maybe this disabled person has to play the role because uh, we have a fantastic actor who can limp, but why can't I hire somebody who actually has a limp? And, and, and oh... I mean, it, then it's endless. Then, the, then, the, then we, we have made a modern, we've disrupted what acting is in, this, in the name of this 
ephemeral, weird, overthought, navel-gazing, victimization narrative that has taken over the liberal left. And, 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 and we've distorted into this postmodern, past-meaning overthinking of everything until life becomes this endless stream of just, but what about this? And then what about that? Well, what about this? And then what about that? And we can all come up with an endless series of, of whatabouts, but it might be healthier just to say, man, Helen Mirren's great. I can't wait to see her play uh, Golden Mayor. She'll probably knock it out of the park. Or maybe she won't and it'll suck. And then why are we even having this conversation? I don't know. Really. Oh, I think that there's... Um there's an awareness that, especially in this in this generation, of this idea that what you're seeing on the screen, and I know you said, well, then if you believe it, you're stupid. But I, I do tend to believe that actors are not just acting for the sake of entertainment. They're acting for the sake of telling a story. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Yes, we, yes. we have to keep in mind. Of course. That, no, but not just it. But, but, but in effect, their story is educational because the fact of the matter is um, you could have a, a movie about um, – uh, the Help, let's say, right? That movie that came out yeah. a few like seven years ago, right? So that's that was why was it such a big movie? Why was it such a big deal? Because that was a story that that wasn't told enough, and people connected. And a lot to that of Black Americans are really movie. angry at that movie for really doing a bad job of telling the story of Black Americans. So exactly right, but so I'm saying, and and look how many people it affected, and look how many people started started, you know, it it, it or the Green of, Book it started. Yeah, right, exactly. So White started, people loved it, black people hated about it. These stories. But what I'm saying is why what, exactly? So why does it stir up such such intense feelings is because there is something about a movie that's educational. Yes, it's entertainment. But if millions of people are seeing it and they're taking that story and saying, "Ah, okay, wow, that's a really interesting story. I didn't know this. I didn't know this about, you know, the South in this period of time or whatever. I didn't ever think about this. I didn't ever learn about this." So then I, they're taking that in I some way not, maybe I, I, maybe I shouldn't say non-educational. That's a, that's that's on me. I misspoke. Because literature mm -hmm. is part of education. But literary yeah. fictional education it has to be understood as that, where we learn about humanity in different ways. And whether it's doing a good job or a bad job is very much in the eye of the beholder. And African-Americans were furious at these movies that white people, you know, oh, Driving Miss Daisy was such a powerful portrayal. It gave me such, and, and black people are still furious at that movie. So, so maybe that's part of the story. Okay, maybe that's so that's interesting. Conversation is happening. That's an interesting conversation. Why did white Americans and black Americans see it differently? But that's but that doesn't mean they shouldn't make it, uh, or that we're in a role to say you should or shouldn't but, make whatever movie you want. Okay, but if the line between fiction and some kind of documentary film is being distorted, right, and people are taking it for granted that oh yeah, the Green Book is how people just lived. That's true. That's reality, right? And that line is being distorted. So then I think the question is important when it comes up and says, okay, well then how are we depicting these and can we depict them? Then as a society, we fail to educate intelligent people who can't tell the difference between fiction and reality. And by the way, anyone who watches a documentary and says, well, I believe everything in this with uncritically is also an idiot. And if you watch the evening news and say, I believe everything in this uncritically, they're also an idiot. So uncritical, stupid people are always going to be around and they're always going to be stupid. And I don't think you can place the burden on Hollywood producers to create works that so clearly, I mean, imagine the film budget of a middle-aged work that has to get everything exactly right. Exactly. And they hire an academic team in university to do research into what homespun wool, what, what would the woof in the world be in the, 
I mean, it's, you can do that endlessly, but ultimately when you're creating fiction, there's a willing suspension of disbelief that the viewer has to understand they are undertaking. I don't know. There are probably people who think Spider-Man can actually swing through buildings. So Marvel shouldn't make Spider-Man movies. I got, uh, I'm old. It's interesting because again, I'm using the interesting word, but uh, the, the point that Leo was Keep making that sort of line between that line between fiction and sort of uh, fact or history, whatever you want to call it. Um, and let's say, for example, let's come back to this Golden Mayer movie for a second. I haven't seen it, but I didn't really get this out yet. But the Golden Mayer movie, let's say the producers of the film decided, you know what? That ending where Israel, win the Yom Kippur, uh, where Israel finally wins the Yom Kippur War, that, 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 that's kind of boring. Let, let's make it that Israel gets destroyed and wiped out. And they, and they don't tell anybody that they've changed sort of history um, mm -hmm. when they make the movie. You mean, I mean like uh, Quentin Tarantino's uh, Inglorious Bastards. Bastards where they kill Hitler and so, win World War II? Like that, you mean? Where entertainment does sure. that and everybody knows it's entertainment and moves on with but their day? That's what... Do they? That's, that's, <laughs> I don't care that, if they do or they that's don't. That's the point. But then you've got... I know you think that the burden is not on Hollywood and we should recognize there's millions of stupid people. And yes, there are millions of stupid people. But if people don't know the history well enough and they watch this movie and they say, oh, wow, like... That's what happened. Then well, what's your argument? Kind of scary so then me. what's your argument that Hollywood shouldn't make that movie? Hollywood has no, a responsibility it's, it's to not make that movie? It's an it's, observation. It's scary to me. What's scary isn't Hollywood making garbage. Hollywood always has made garbage and always will make garbage. I, by the way, think Inglorious Bastards is garbage. But, uh, but, I never but, saw it. I love that movie. It, 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 oh, I, I, lots of people do. But <laughs> I, I, I think it's an amoral descent into, look at how if you're killing Nazis, you can enjoy yourself because it's fun because they're bad. The Jews enjoy killing as really fun and they laugh and they, and it's such a, a sick, I mean, it, it, it's this weird Tarantino violence fetish thing with all due respect to him. And he lives in Israel and I think he's a fantastic filmmaker. I really dislike that film intensely, but be that as it may, Matt, if you're upset that people don't know actual history, that's not Hollywood's fault. We live in a society that cares much more about entertainment than it does about actual knowledge and wisdom and learning. And we spend an enormous amount of our time being entertained. We are, in the words of, words of Neil Postman, amusing ourselves to death as a civilization. Right. I mean, when, I, when my kids come home from school, I say, did you have a good day? Yes. What did you do? Was it fun? That, that, that's how the conversation goes. School's often. not fun. Right. It's not supposed, it supposed to be fun. To be? Okay, as an educator, I have to really disagree with that. <laughs> Hopefully my classes, when I do class, they can be interesting and entertaining and educational. I am not saying that Hollywood needs to be I that. agree with I'm you, by the way, Sharon. Making a coalition between those things. But people learn when they are relaxed and Great. enjoying themselves. Great. And so if I'm able to create an atmosphere where they are relaxed and enjoying themselves, where they feel that their voice is can be heard in my classroom and that they can feel and be their authentic self, which means that I don't necessarily believe in these absolutes of we can either all be sensitive to everybody or all be insensitive to everybody or every movie has to be historically accurate or no movie has to be historically accurate. I'm not saying any of those things. I sit in that gray period in the middle where a question comes up and I'd like to explore it. Personally, I don't think there's any issue. On an every level, I don't think there's any issue with Helen Mirren playing Golden Meir. No, I'm not. These things are not binary. Right. I hope my students enjoy my class also. But when it's time for a test, it's not going to be fun. You're going to have to put some work in. And that's okay. Not everything is always fun. 
if if my kid came and said, boy, everything about school is fun, I've never felt anything but fun, I'd worry about the quality of their education. You never got nervous. You never had to work hard. You never sweat. You never had to study. You never had to think hard of that paper. I I think it's a pretty simple word. I think when you ride on a roller coaster, if that's fun for you, that's fun. I don't think I'd want to use the same. You may have a different concept of fun. Okay, then you can pick your entertainment thing that is fun and say that's fun for you. I don't think that one's education uh, should get the same adjective as the amusement park. Speaking speaking of education and going back to going back to our topic, I was just kind of wondering if part of the conversation is this question around who's who's how are you getting your news and from who. Right. Because if we're saying also the six o'clock evening news, you shouldn't necessarily believe everything they're saying there as well. And making that comparison you with have to reality think critically. TV, with documentaries, you have to be a with, right, with movies. Yeah. Right. So so it makes me wonder this question that I think everyone's right now asking themselves with social media and everything like this. Um, where are we getting our news from and who's giving us our news? And I wonder if that question can also be sort of um, applied to our conversation where like who is who is providing us who's making the movie who's performing in the movie right who is the people who are performing and what kind of story are they choosing to tell because an actor's job by the way i'm very pro actors and i i think this whole conversation is very anti-actor and so i do i want actors to be able to play because i think that it's picking and choosing now which actors can play what which i think is i think it prevents actors from from getting jobs and from actually doing their work national treasure to, right. she's a I global am treasure. Her, I yeah. am pro her playing Golda, but I'm saying maybe the question that the bigger question is okay, the fact that now Helen Mirren's playing a Jew, playing Golda Meir, um, what kind of story is that telling? And the fact that the director is whoever the director is, what kind of story does that tell? And the writer of the movie is there. And so maybe the question that our society in general is, is asking themselves of where am I getting my news and where am I getting my information, which is, I think, a global conversation now or a global question. Um, so maybe that's. Maybe why the, the the this article specifically has come up right here, right now in this in this time period around Hollywood, around the stories Hollywood is trying to tell, because um, it's this question of okay, well we're 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 uh, we're the audience of of and we're intaking all of this media, um, and there's a distortion of 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 what you know what thinking thinking about who's behind the story and what what they kind of want to tell us and what the messaging is, and not taking that for granted necessarily. So maybe that's just kind of applies to all of it whether of it's the news or whether it's Helen Mirren we're living we're living in an outrage culture where we're always wag, wagging our finger at the people in power for screwing everything up and never arguing well when does personal responsibility come into the story that an educated consumer is part part of knowing education is knowing the source of the information categorizing it clearly and understanding this is this and that is that just because i saw it on my news feed doesn't make it journalism <laughs> And journalists can get things right or wrong, but they're judged by a different standard than just some idiot posting anything he wants to on on my... I'm not sure that's true at this point, to be honest with you. Journalism is judged by a different standard. I don't know if you've seen journalists, what journalists produce lately. Yes. Sometimes movies are more accurate. In, in this, in telling the story. Well, then we're done. Then we're done. Days. Then you're right. Then we do live in a post-modern <laughs> world where nothing matters and everything's just chaos and nobody knows anything. And okay. And then let's shut down. Why would anyone listen to me or you as any who knows anything about anything? In, in other words, once you do that and you level, you know, then you're up to the, oh, why should I trust the, uh, the doctor if I did my own research? Okay. 
Okay, good luck, buddy. Doctors are struggling with that. I think a lot of people come to doctors saying, oh, on Google it says I have cancer. And they're, you know, and I think that's something that's real. It (laughs) is real. real That's why I'm saying we should not be (laughs) engaging in that sort of conversation. We should be clear to our students that there are different categories and we should be critical and we should understand this is a journalist and this is a doctor and this is a lawyer and this is a rabbi and this is a candle maker or whatever it is. And Helen Mirren is not a historian. And, and, and everybody, calm down. Russia's about to invade the Ukraine. Like, I, okay, I, I watch TV and movies too. I enjoy them. But come on, society has real problems. There were people starving in the street. Oh, Helen Mirren. I don't, I, uh, I'm an old man. What can I tell you? I told you, I told you I'm a Grinch on this topic. I told you before we started. That's why I wanted to be on because I was looking forward to hearing the, uh, the Grinchiness. I mean, I mean, come on. It seems like what we're touching actually perhaps is a, is a larger conversation beyond just Hollywood. Cause I think this idea of consuming information, um, where, where, where we have access to any and all information in seconds, um, is, we are dealing is with a lot of questions in the world. It's the questions unraveling of Western civilization based on enlightenment right. thoughts and ideals. That's what we're watching. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. And the idea being that we and we get overwhelmed with it. This idea that we are constantly bombarded with so much information that we're unable to discern and we get overwhelmed. Why is it? I always feel this. Why is it we have the Internet that can provide us with academic articles, information, discussions, everything. And what do most people do? They watch TikTok videos or videos of cats because we don't know what to do with this information overload. So that idea of how do we sort out and how do we cope with so much information is actually a really interesting and fascinating, I think, conversation. Well, Mike, even if if you're a Grinch on this, I find the conversation that we've had this morning uh, to be interesting. And, uh, and, and No, and that's fair. You could say you think it's interesting. I believe you. I don't have a problem with you saying. And it was entertaining. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I'm aggravated. I thought it was fun. Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank, every- thank you, everybody. Thank you for having me on. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Leo. Thank you for having me. Now that we're part of Masao, we decided to add a cool new segment to each episode. We're going to call the Masao Moment. There are so many people having amazing experiences here in Israel, and we just wanted you to feel part of it and know what's going on. So enjoy this week's Masao Moment. Our Masao Moment of the Week is the upcoming one-year anniversary of a Masao Israel Teaching Fellow alumna's Aliyah story. In February 2021, Rachel Small decided to stay in Israel after an incredible year of impact at MITF. She shared the following story with us. I already made the decision in February of 2021 to make Aliyah in July once my program finished. This allowed me to stay in Israel and officially become a part of this amazing country. I also knew I wanted to continue teaching English and have an impact on Israeli children. Once my program finished, I quickly found a job where I could continue working as an English teacher at a high school in Haifa. I feel very grateful and lucky that I had the opportunity during such a crazy time in the world of COVID to still be able to live in Israel for 10 months on this amazing MITF program. I recently went back to visit the school where I used to work on the program, and I visited with the students that I had taught. We were all so excited to see one another. They even told me that they wanted me to come back to the school to teach them again, which made my day. 
Masa Israel Journey is dedicated to shaping a promising future for the young Jewish individual, the global Jewish community, and the connection to the state of Israel. Masa offers life-transforming, long-term opportunities in Israel that allows fellows to create their own future. Check out MasaIsrael.org for more info.